Agents Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Power ISA, the industry experts in real estate ISAs. Get more appointments. Make sure your follow-up gets done on time and you get the most out of your leads. Get a great ISA for real estate on your team and watch the results roll in. Power ISA has served over 1,200 agents in the U.S. and Canada since 2015, and it's the one-stop shop for everything you need to get a great inside sales agent on your team. Whether it's setting appointments with your internet leads or making outbound prospecting calls to help you get more listings, Power ISA can get it done for you. Visit PowerISA.com forward slash LCA to get started. That's PowerISA.com forward slash LCA. How many of you real estate agents reach a plateau, reach a place where you feel like you cannot get past? How many of you struggle just with your own, your own self, your own quote unquote inner game to overcome your, your own inner demons to take your business to another level. Well, today we are going to bring on a guest who is a coach and has seen incredible results for her students, uh, a platform called The Unstoppable Woman. I am very excited to bring on today Amira Alvarez. Welcome to the show, Amira. Thanks for having me, Jeff. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to hear more about you and about what you do and how we can help I mean, honestly, what I would consider an epidemic in our industry, I, you know, there's, it's always the 5%, 95% rule, 5% to 95% of the business. So how can we help some of those 95 percenters, you know, get to that 90, that, that 5% level. But before we get deep into that, I want to know more about you. Tell us who you are and where you come from. What led you to what you're doing today? Tell us about you. Yeah. So I'm actually a Californian. We were talking before we went live. Where are you from? Yep. And a uh, little misnomer there. I, I can't say that I'm from the Southeast. From from, but now I am. But anyways, I grew up in California in the Los Angeles area with a really standard middle class, upper middle class life. It, I, I did not have hardship. I don't have the rags to riches story. I didn't, I had great parents who were incredibly supportive, you know, obviously learning their own lessons along the way, but, you know, I had a really good upbringing with, you know, natural childhood traumas that go sure. along with life. But, you know, I can't, I can't point to, to struggle. And I think that this is a very common thing in our country. We have a good, many of us have a good life. I can't speak for everyone, but sure. many of us have a really solid standard of living, good life. And I found that I was doing good, but not great. I, I had been, you know, the good student. I dotted my I's, crossed my T's, went to the good college, sort of followed that rubric of how to be successful in life. And I was somewhat successful. I was not not successful, but I was not exceptional. I was not, and I could feel that in myself. Like I could feel that I wasn't tapping into my full potential, that I was sort of scared of my shadow, wondering what the right thing to do was, limiting myself and, and not, I call it stepping into your greatness, really not stepping into the truth of who 
I was in this world and I didn't have a lot of leverage to change anything because things were good. They weren't bad. There wasn't a huge amount of pain. Now, I don't wish poverty or any other hardship on anyone, but there is a like, this sucks and I, I need to do something about it kind of leverage that you can get. But when life is just pretty good, pretty darn good, how do you get leverage to do things to that are scary and hard to step into your greatness? And that was where I was when I was going through my, my journey. I, I had started my own business. I'm very transparent about my numbers. So like first year in business, I made 30K, something not what I wanted to be making yet. Second year in business, I tripled that. I made 90K, feeling solid about that. How didn't cross the six figures mark yet. Third year in business, made 138K. Feeling good about that. That was another big leap forward. Crossed the six-figure mark. But you know what, Jeff? I didn't have any freedom. I woke up at five in the morning, six in the morning, and a tiger was chasing me all day long right? I was just going nonstop. And I had this big wake up moment when it was a non client facing day. Tell me if you relate to this or not. Maybe you have a totally different life than I, I used to, but non client facing day. And it was like 630 at night, I was sitting on the floor of my office with the laptop on my lap, actually, right. And my husband called upstairs and was like, Hey, babe, dinner's ready. And I'll be, I said, I'm just getting one more thing done. I'll be right down. An hour later, he was like, hey, babe, I'm starting. And I was like, ouch, he didn't guilt me. He didn't shame me. Good guy, right? But I was like, I cannot scale my business with this tool that I have, which is just work harder, go longer, mm -hmm. okay? Like that was not, that was not enough because there, you know, I couldn't, double the hours. I was already working, you know, 12, 14 hours, right? So that was my big wake up moment. And I had to realize that if I really wanted to do something bigger with my life, and in my case, it was part and parcel of growing my business, then I had to learn how other people did it. And I started studying success and what successful people do habitually to call themselves to higher levels. And I did work with a mentor and I did do a ton of independent study on my own. And I used myself as a guinea pig. And that year I went from 138 to 700K. Yeah, I basically a solo entrepreneur, right? I had a VA, you know, but how do you do that? That like, and, and even after I did it, Jeff, like the, the truth, like pulling back cur curtains, I was like, how did I do that? Like what, what just happened there? And I had to then back engineer, how does one do that? And I created a methodology, which is what I now love to talk to people about on the podcasts and what I teach my clients and all of that. Was the, there's a lot to unpack there. And one quick question, what was the business that you were growing, scaling, working gobs of hours on? This very same business that I have right now. So okay. it just was 10 years ago instead of now. And I was starting a coaching business and I knew I had something. I had a different business before that was in the, the health and fitness world. And I started 
asking some of my clients if they wanted to do this thing called coaching with me. And some of them took, took me up on it. And I started to get my chops with it, with, you know, under a different rubric, but with clarity, with transparency with these clients. And then I moved across the country and I had to decide what business I was really going to run with. And I decided to hang my shingle out in this, this coaching arena because I was having really good success with people. And so I made that shift and that was when, you know, first year as in the new business was back to, you know, I was back to starting all over again. And, and, and the, the interesting thing was I studied before I made the shift in business, I studied how to build a business, like the the outer game tactics of how to build a business mm-hmm. in my previous business, because I, I, you know, I was under the false assumption that, you know, you hang out your shindle, shingle and they will come, right? If mm-hmm. you have a good product or service, that's all you need. And guess what, guys, that's not true. Yeah. Like you have to actually learn how to do sales and marketing. And you can learn how to do that in a way that suits you. And that's, you know, high integrity and you don't have to feel like a used car salesman and everyone has like, well, not everyone. Some people love sales from the get-go, but most people, they have resistance to doing marketing and they have resistance to doing sales, putting themselves out there in the world. Yeah. And, and that can really hold them back. It's, it's interesting. And one of the things that you brought up that, that I kind of want to touch on is it, you know, the whole rags to riches, you know, concept. And I interview a lot of people and, and and oftentimes that is what it is. And it's, it's funny. And we never talk about this and I probably have the exact same upbringing as you. And I think about that a lot because I speak and I do these kind of things. And I always think to myself, I don't have that story. In fact, I'm, I'm definitely by no means rich, but I would call it upper middle-class by comparison, great family, great Great, you know, just they they were together and, and my parents did well and we traveled, but we weren't rich, right? But it was a comfortable lifestyle. And I feel like you actually that's the class that never gets talked about. It's 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 rags to riches because it's inspiring and it's and oftentimes it's upper class that just took over where their parents set them up. Right. And nothing wrong with any of these. Like you didn't choose that. We just were born into them. Right. But you don't talk about the middle class. And, and I think it it oftentimes, because I bet you most people listening to this fall into that category of one range or the other, whether it was lower middle class, upper middle class, whatever you want to call it, you know, to, to each their own. But do I feel like, because I feel like my siblings, which are both successful in their own right, but they're in that zone. And there's the zone of, I don't, I'm afraid of risk. They don't say this. I just feel like that's what it is. It's a fear of risk. It's a fear of failure. It's a fear of getting out of that zone because that zone is very comfortable. They both in very successful uh, ones, real estate ones, corporate job. Do you think, and speaking to the real estate world, do you think that is probably what holds so many people back? Because rags to riches, I got nothing to lose. And upper class, I kind of was handed a golden, you know, a golden bag, a golden egg, right? Whereas middle class, it's like, well, I watched what my parents did. It was comfortable. We didn't have a lot of issues Mm, to go to the next level. I don't know. What if I risk going down to lower class as a result? You know, is that, do you think that is, is what holds so many people back? hundred percent. It's huge. It's huge. We were actually conditioned to stay in 
that spectrum. Don't be, don't, you won't drop below a certain amount. There's a, there's a limit. So, so let me break this down as to why. Okay. You may have heard it in a different context, but I think it's really important to see it in this context. We have an identity and our, you can call it your self image. It's how you see yourself. I'm not talking self image. Like I think I'm beautiful. It's self image, how you see yourself. It's your identity and your identity is of someone in the middle class. And you're not going to slip below a certain level and you're not going to go above a certain level because your identity is comfortable at this level. And if you start to rise above, which let's say you, you set a goal and you start going for it and you start, it starts happening. Well, then what ends up happening is what's called the terror barrier, like all hell breaks loose your car breaks down, you have problems with your team, you can't find someone to support you to be your sales assistant or your real estate assistant, right? Your family starts having issues. It seems unconnected and yet it's completely connected to you going above what is your identity, how you see yourself. And you also won't go below, which is great, right? You don't want to be in the poorhouse, but you will get into action if you start slipping to a level beneath a certain point. And that's why most people don't actually make an income breakthrough. They, they, they stay in that same range and they can become frustrated because they're working really hard, but, and they want something intellectually, they want something more for themselves, but they don't achieve it. So it, it ha has to do with our conditioning and, and how, how our self-image was developed when we were very young. And then what you were talking about in terms of risk and failure and things like that is driven because when you say, let's say I, I, I'm working with someone and I'm like, okay, what do you want? What's your goal? Okay. And they get, they, they, they hedge for a little while because they're uncomfortable claiming what they really want. And then after a period of time, they, they were like, okay, I want this big thing. Okay. And then the next step that, that happens instantaneously is this denial phase. Okay. And that's where all the, the stories come in. What if I fail? What if I invest this money and I lose it all? Like the, mm -hmm. the risk, the risk mm -hmm. and all those stories kick into gear. That is your subconscious programming. That is your self image coming and stopping you from taking that next step. It comes, it, it's not like this little stick finger figure comes up and goes, uh, 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 don't go above that line, right? It, it's not mm -hmm. direct like that. It's, it's through the subconscious programming that, that is there to keep that self-image in place. And it comes through by having you see all the decisions you're making through a particular lens, which is, that's too risky. What if I fail? What if my wife doesn't like it? What if my husband doesn't like it? What if it alienates my neighbors, right? Like I had one when I was going through this, when I was like, I need to hire housekeepers. Like I can't do it all, right? Like I can't be that woman. Mm -hmm. And I hired housekeepers and I was, I was terrified. This seems like a really basic thing, but I was terrified about what my neighbors would think. Hmm. Okay. Like, would I make them feel bad by hiring housekeepers like I was all that and more?
Okay. Yeah. I had a big stories. Um, right. But it also was like around like wearing my fancy coat that I had just bought myself because I was doing really well. Right. And I didn't want to make other people feel that that's your subconscious trying to keep you at a certain level. It's interesting. Uh, you know, it, it, going back to the conversation about what holds them back. And, and as I equate it to real estate, there's a couple of, a couple of comments that I want to kind of ask you, you know, first of all, I, I think of my dad again, corporate America went and, and bought, and he'll tell you this today. He's enamored by my success. He, he loves it um, because it's something he couldn't overcome. And he was corporate America, very you know successful in his own right in middle America. Right. He went and bought his first investment property. It failed miserably. And he said, never again. And I, and I always told him, I'm like, well, why not, you know, why not take, why not learn from your experiences? I don't know if I ever said it, but I thought it right. Well, why don't you just learn from this and, and do it better next time? But I think the common mindset is, oh, hell no. Like I am not going to risk my family's future because I made a mistake. I wasn't cut out for this. I'm out. And then you think about real estate and I think about you know, there's there's realtors listening to this right now, listening to the countless webinars and the countless coaches and all these things. And they're like, all right, I got to do this. I got to invest in this lead platform. I've got to invest in this coaching. I got to invest in X, Y, Z, whatever. And they do it. They do it for three, six, maybe even 12 months. They don't see any results because you and I both know you even exemplified this. It takes a series of years. This is why people don't get there, but they just stop. And they're like, you know what? I'm out. They did what my dad did. I'm out. I didn't see results. Screw this. It's too risky. I'm going back to the way it was. So I think most people listening to this probably can resonate with that. So, you know, you, you, you mentioned the self image thing, which kind of confuses me. Like I'm thinking, oh, what the hell has this got to do with self image? I'm thinking, how do I look in the mirror? explain that to me. So what is that barrier and how do you get past it when you are wired, as you mentioned, I'm wired by my dad's experiences. Totally. How does somebody overcome that stuff? I know I can speak for myself, but I'm not sure that I could coach it and teach it. Just, I think the way I'm wired, but how do you coach and teach this to somebody listening right now saying, I just can't do it. Yeah. So I had to really study and, and I had to get an intellectual framework for helping me see when I, where I was getting in my own way, because otherwise I was going to keep living out how I was living into, until my mid forties, right? I was doing it the way other people were doing it as well. And I, I needed to have little reminders that helped me see, oh, this is where you're, where you're, how you're stopping. And one of the biggest things that I learned was your results don't lie. Okay. And it goes hand in hand with this concept of the amount of growth that you will experience. And here I'm talking about growth in your income, but also personal growth, but very much revenue. Okay. Income, mm -hmm. the amount of growth that you can experience is directly proportional to the amount of truth that you can accept about yourself. And that's a paraphrased version of a Leland Vaughn, Val, Val Vandervall. He, he's a, my mentor's mentor's mentor, like goes back generations. Uh, he said that. And so I have to use those two things together. If I say I want something 
And let's say it's, I have a monthly income goal or an annual income goal. And I do the math and I'm not there, right? I've taken my eye off the ball, whatever. It doesn't matter why. Well, it does to a degree, but like I, I, I see my results are showing me that I'm not getting what I said I want. My success, my desires are different than yours, Jeff. It doesn't, it's not about what they are. It's that you've chosen it, okay? You've decided. It's key. You've decided. If you are not getting the results that you want, and again, it could be income, it could be relationships, it could be health and fitness, any, any part of your, your life, there is something that you are doing to self-sabotage because otherwise you would be getting those results. And so you just need to own that truth and transparency about yourself. So if I'm looking and I'm midway through the month and I'm not like tracking to my income goal. And one of the ways people self-sabotage is they don't look at their numbers. Okay. Just a little value tip. Like I'm every day I'm looking. Okay. So then I have to go, okay, well, what's different? Use the law of cause and effect. What's different? What needs to change? How do I make that change? And inevitably, what needs to change, some of, you know, some of the time, 20% of the time, there's something very tactical that needs to change, very practical. Okay, I stopped doing this activity. I need to go back to doing that activity. Okay. You can fix that pretty, pretty quickly with a some awareness. But oftentimes it is that identity piece, that self-image piece that I've been talking about. You're not being a person that works at this level. You're being a person who works at this level and you have to change yourself. You have to actually consciously go about changing how you see yourself so that you're working at the level of the goal that you desire to achieve. So a way that I do this, tell me if you do this, Jeff, is like, I pick a goal that I want that I don't know how I'm going to achieve it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like from the level I'm at right now, I don't know that how to do that. That's what happened when I, when I went from 138 to 700, my goal was a million dollars that year. I didn't make it. Okay. But I was going to go from 138 to million million in one year. I didn't know how that was going to happen at all but I claimed it and I wanted it. You have to want it badly enough because there will be challenges. Okay. It's not, it's not a walk in the park. So I wanted it. And I then had to make decisions from a place of I've already achieved that. I needed to look at the situation from the place of I'm already someone who does that. And then from that point, the ways and the means come in, the how comes in and then you act on it. Okay. And that's how you actually change your self-image. Now, this is not for the faint of heart, because as you can well imagine, your, your identity doesn't flip like just because you want it to. Okay. Just because you say, oh, I'm now making decisions from the place I want to be. Like you're going to feel this oil and water dissonance and it's going to feel wrong. And that's why I started my answer to you as like, I had to have that intellectual understanding to, to really feel foundational grounded so that I could stay the course. 
So let me ask you this. And, and I, so I, I can use myself as an example here because I had those breakthroughs as well, but differently, I feel like, and, and now I do my fair share of coaching, but it's usually my team. We have a team of over a hundred people on our, in our team, and we're doing numbers and income that I never actually even had a goal for because it was so high that I was actually focused on lower goals. And then we just things happen. We jetted right by them. Right. And, but then I, and then I reflected, right. I reflected on what the hell just happened. Right. And now how do I stay here? But I want to ask you more specifically, you, I know you have real estate clients and you've had some really successful real estate clients. Can you share an example without names, but share an example of, of someone who started here and had X breakthrough and went there. Uh, can yeah. you share something so it can maybe resonate with the audience a little bit? Yeah, I have a, a client. Her name's, I, I'll just use her first name so that you're not, I'm not telling tales out of school, though she's written tons of testimonials for, cool. for awesome. us. Um, her name is Amber, and she started wanting to be at that next level in her area. And she had self-doubt about hiring team and being able to perform for her clients and uh, how it was going to work with her family, particularly her husband, who she had a great relationship with. But, you know, she was madly in love with running her business. And there was a conflict in terms of time management. So time management was really the, 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 issue. It is what made her a great real estate agent because she wanted to give to people. And it was also what was getting in the way of her scaling, because if she wasn't smart about that, you're, you're not using your time effectively and you can't really scale. So we, we adjusted how she saw herself, her, her identity and reframed what it meant in her case to be good right? To be responsible, to be a, a good wife, a good agent, to be responsible. And what then shifted was, and it seems very tangential, not only, I mean, we worked on very tactical things like how to have a listing conversation and, and things like that, but she was also fairly naturally good at that. But what the, the big shift for her was two things, a, a level of self-confidence and shifting agencies that brokerage houses that she was working with. And in doing so, it opened up a huge potential. And she, I don't have her numbers directly in my mind, but I think she's grown at least five or six times in the last uh, two years. Okay. So it's been tremendous growth. Okay. Just off the charts growth. And it was because she saw herself differently. And then she was able to see this opportunity that was in front of her, took advantage of it, was now in an environment with other people who were like much more entrepreneurial in spirit, going for more. And she was able to take action on the opportunities that were around her the whole time, but she didn't have the confidence to say yes to because she didn't know how to manage her time and all this other internal conflict. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not... It, it doesn't, it never looks on paper like this direct X equals Y, right? Like it, it's, it's, it's that you change who you're being and you just see different opportunities. And then you are someone who acts on them without hesitation. And 
she closed the gap on time and just started making a ton more money every over the last two years. Yeah. Do you, do you think it's uh, as much as it is just a mental block as much as it is who you surround yourself with? Or do you think, you know, in, in the case, which this is a common case is I know I need to hire help, but I, I think the uh, subconscious fear is I'm afraid to take two steps back to take 10 forward. Right. Yeah. And so what, what do you think? Because I, I, is it, is it, is it the mental block? Is it who you surround yourself with? What, what, where do you, where do you see most people kind of break through? It's both. I'm not going to say it's one or the other. I, I really believe in putting yourself in an environment where you're called to your highest and best self. I know every time I've done that, I have up leveled. I'm, I'm constantly, you know, we have a very successful coaching business and it's growing, but I put myself last year in an environment where I'm hanging out with people who are making, you know, $40 million, $80 million a year. And I'm like small potatoes in small fish. And, and it's up leveled the, my perspective and the way I look at things. And I just believe that that's true for everyone. So, you know, whether, whether it's the real estate environment that you're in or the coaching environment that you're in. Like we have a a spirit of wealth mastermind, right? And that's a coaching environment that puts people and up levels their, their thinking, their, their mindset. And, you know, that's an environment thing and people are doing it, listening to your podcast. That's putting themselves in a new environment, even if they're not in the same room with you. And And I will say that it's very important because oftentimes our home environment is not conducive to being an entrepreneur. And that's not dinging the husbands or wives or anything like that, but it's just the truth. Our parents have a certain mindset. Our our partners have a certain mindset. Our boyfriends, girlfriends have a certain mindset. And it's not the, the same as the entrepreneur's perspective. And sometimes they come with you and they grow with you, right? Which is great. But sometimes you have to, consciously put yourself into a, a different environment, uh, not necessarily leave your, your family, but, you know, consciously say, okay, for my entrepreneurial world, this is where I need to, to be. Now the mental blocks are huge. Okay. You won't put yourself in a better environment if you have a mel- mental block. Okay. If you're in your story about oftentimes, you know, the, the group that I was just telling you about that I put myself in where I'm the small fish, right. Mm-hmm that's a pay to play. Okay. Like I invested, I invest a ton in, in the mentorship and the groups that I'm a part of because it's priceless. Like a mastermind. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's freaking mm-hmm. next level. And how, mu- how much does that cost annually? If you don't mind me asking. That is, I think that's, let's see, can I do math? I think that's 70 K a year. Okay. And I asked, in- that, I asked that question because I, I want to give context. I did the yeah. exact same thing, joined a real estate mastermind with people that were way beyond millionaires. There's even some billionaires in the group. Uh, that one cost 25 grand a year. And that was a mental block in and of itself. Uh, yep. I was like, I can't afford this. And luckily I did it. And it and yeah, you're right. It changes the way you, what you believe is possible. Yeah. Let me tell you why. Okay. Hmm? Because I mean, you know this experientially, but Correct. like the intellectual concept here is that we only experience that which we are aware of. Okay. 
So if you're someone who's made 60K in a year and that's the most you've ever made, you're aware of how to make 60K. Someone who's made 600,000 and that's their top level, they're aware of how to make 600,000. Someone who's made 6 million is aware of how to make 6 million. Someone who's made 60 million is aware of how to make 60 million. Now, if you want to go to that freaking next level, right? You're not by definition, because you haven't done it yet, aware of how to do it. You want to shortcut that? Go hire a mentor, go put yourself in a room with people who've done it already and just assume that you don't know and that they do. Like you have to put your ego aside and not get into that like noise, the story around it and be like, it, it, I'm not saying do everything that they're doing because they're, you know, if they're billionaires and you have a 60K business, that's not what you should be doing. Okay. But if you're trying to get to 600K and you're around people who have made a million or 2 million, you're, that's a good, yeah. that's a good, like, okay, let's figure out what they're doing. Yeah. Okay. Not your, your uncle who runs a business that doesn't, isn't in your field, doesn't make the kind of money you want to make all of that. Yeah. What would you say is the, the next step for someone? So again, sitting here, listening to this, it, you know, and, and they, they're, they're like, Hey, I'm, I'm that person. I, I fit that, that bill. What do I need to do next? Like, what is it? Do, so I need, you're telling me I'm speaking for them. I need to go spend 25 to 70 grand to join a damn group. Are you kidding me? Uh, you're telling me that I need to have this mental breakthrough. I mean, come on, Amir. Is this, this sounds cliche. Like it's not that easy. So what do you suggest somebody does next? Like what's the next step? What's the first step? Okay. Well, I'm going to answer that in a variety of different ways. One, okay. you have to want what you want and you have to be honest with yourself. Do you want it badly enough? I don't accept anyone as a coaching client who doesn't want it badly enough because there will be challenges. Okay. The, the, the waves of the ocean, the challenges don't stop, but you need to be unstoppable. You need, and that comes from wanting it badly enough. So how do you, do you identify, want it, how do you identify if somebody doesn't want it bad enough? Because lip service is powerful. Wait, wait. Yeah. So, so I'm going to say something that's probably going to trigger a lot of people probably going to click off Good. on the podcast. Good. I'm sorry. Good. Yeah. They'll say, oh, that's freaking noise spending 25, 30, 70 K. Are they high? That's how, you know, you don't want it badly enough. Now, most people old mindset, okay. Where I was 10 years ago, old mindset would have agreed with that and would have said, yeah, I can't spend that money on myself. That's ridiculous. Okay. But what that means is that you don't trust yourself. You don't, right? Like you're going to spend that money and you're not going to make good on it. When right. I, I'm going to pull back the curtains here, Jeff, when I made my big breakthrough, the, the coach that I hired, it was a six figure investment. Okay. Wow. It was significant. My then husband was like, what did you do? <laughs> right? Like I got the silent treatment for a while. I was like curled up in shame around it. Um, but I was not going to get divorced over this and I wasn't going to lose that investment. So I got leverage over myself. And I, I said, I know that's not the way most people play, but if you think 25 K 30 K 70 K is a lot of money and you trust yourself to do the work and you trust whoever is 
you know, creating the container for you, then it's a great investment. It's like, that's what you can do to get leverage over yourself. And it was the best investment. And I did that three years in a row, just so you know. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it was a huge investment, but now I have a, you know, a, an amazing life, not just income wise, Jeff, right? It, the, the income's great. I love that. But it's like, I'm not uh, scared of my own shadow anymore. I'm not constantly doubting myself inside. Am I doing the right thing? Is this wrong? I'm not exhausted. I'm lit up, right? Like I'm excited about life. And that came from breaking through the self-image that was keeping me at a certain level that seemed reasonable and rational, but was making me completely unhappy because I wasn't living to my potential. And so I, I hope that helps, right? Like the, the, the thing that you need to know is you got to want it badly enough. And if you want it badly enough, what are you willing to invest time-wise, money-wise to, to get it? I would suggest, I mean, you have a great podcast. I have a podcast. You can listen to it, the Unstoppable Woman podcast. And I do a ton of free content, mindset coaching on, on the, these concepts. And you can start there. Oh, sorry about the dog in the background. No, it's fine. It's, that's, real, that's the real world. And actually, it's funny. And if you're, you're, most don't watch this, most are listening, but we do post these on YouTube. You mentioned the housekeeper. I've noticed them out on your deck uh, throughout the interview, uh, which, is, which is funny, funny timing because I was just, you know, you mentioned it and, and, and there they are. The, the, the thing I did want to say to that, though, too, is just to also give a testimony is, is when I joined the mastermind, it's called Closing Table Mastermind uh, on the West Coast, and it was 25K. And at the time, our, we, we, we were successful in business, but we were, we were struggling at the time. I didn't do a good job of saving. I didn't have 25K. I might have had it in retirement, but I wasn't pulling it out of retirement. I actually decided to just put it on a credit card. And, and so anybody who says we don't have the money, you know, I, I just, you know, I did what you did on as, as I self-reflect, it's like, I just believed and I wasn't even sure what I was believing. I just felt it felt right. I needed to be here. So it's like, Hey, will you guys work with me? And can I do 5k a month for five months? And they did. And here I am. And I would say that was one of the biggest breakthrough turning points for our business was joining that group and surrounding ourselves and making new friends. And so I just want the audience to hear from not just Amira here, but also me, you guys know me, that was one of the biggest breakthroughs. And, and that's one of the things you have to do. So Amira, I want to ask you one, well, two more questions, but the first one is, you know, what would you say in closing? So anybody listening to this, you know, uh, what's the best, it, first of all, if they stuck around after you pissed them off, I hope that didn't piss anybody off because that's ridiculous <laughs> if it did. And if it did, eh, you probably don't belong in that next level anyway. But if you're still here, what would you tell somebody in closing from, from this podcast? You're actually worth it, right? Like you're worth it. You didn't think you, you're like 25K crazy, right? But there was some calling inside and you felt it and you went for it and you did it. You're actually, you don't know why. Follow that. Desire is causative. Follow that. It will never lead you astray if it's an honest and true desire follow it and you're worth it, right? You, you're, the, the, it's, it's possible. Yeah. It's not like magic sprinkles. You're not going to like, money's not going to rain from the sky, 
you, you have to do the work, but there's a way to shortcut it and, you know, start where you start and know that every decision that you make, and generally people flip out around the, the money decision. So every money decision you make, is it moving you towards what you desire and, and follow that? Yeah. I love it. I love it. And before, before we guide people to, to you, I, I do want to say one more thing too, is, is you, you mentioned a lot about goals and the one thing I feel like I learned, and now I pass this on to everyone is I think we're as, as just as a world, especially in a sales industry, we're so focused on setting, you know, monetary or units or volume goals, but without really any clear plan, Right. And, and I will admit, and this may be wrong, but this is what's worked for us. I stopped focusing on that end goal. I I blew by it. And what made me realize why I blew by it was because I was so focused on the process. I was so focused on what did I need to be focusing on, which was the, the, the scaling of the business and the value propositions and those sort of things that I stopped worrying about. My partners and I do this every year that they're like, Hey, what do we want to set our goals? And I'm like, I don't give a shit doesn't matter to me at this point. What I'm focused on is staying in our lanes and continuing to scale our lanes and scale ourselves and grow and get better and innovate. And if we keep doing that, guys, my partners are gentlemen, I'm like, the money will just follow. And it doesn't even matter at this point. And so I don't know, what is, what is your take on that mindset? Because maybe that's not very traditional. I don't know. No, I, I actually love it. So I'm big on goals because my clientele tends to not set goals at all. And then they don't have a direction to go in. You have set the goal and now you don't need to focus on that so much. Now, the second thing though, though you do, you still have a goal. You you have a goal of being world-class and excellent. Okay. You have a goal of, of up-leveling what you're already doing. So that's, that's your lane. Now, the the other thing that I want to add to this is the law of compensation says you'll be compensated for the amount of value that you give. Okay. And it sounds like you are constantly up leveling the value that you give by how you're running the company, how you're training people, how, you know, what are you giving to the world? And you have to give more than you receive. You have to give more in use value than in cap, than you receive in cash value. And if you do that, if that's your attitude, if you are about like, adding more on the daily. Okay. And I'm not talking about just a check to the charity. I'm talking about how you are personally contributing and showing up every single day. And that is growing yourself, Mm -hmm. right? I'm constantly growing myself. I'm like looking, okay, this is our big initiative. Who do I need to be? Oh, wow. Okay. That's gonna, okay, let's do it. Game on. Right. And, and that's, that's what is, causing your success is that deep it sounds to me like it's a deep commitment to ever improving bettering your best and giving more which is why you keep getting compensated at a higher and higher level i'd call it an obsession at this point actually that's that's what i would say you need to be obsessed with the process you need to be obsessed with learning how to bring unique value and differentiating those kind of things it's good. I, you know what I always say about the, being the podcast host is selfishly, I get to have these conversations with people and the byproduct is bringing value, but selfishly, I just get to have some cool conversations and meet some cool people. So this has been fun. I, I love it. And so if anybody listening wants to connect with you, 
Obviously, there's the unstoppablewoman.com, but where else, how can someone connect directly to you if they would like to do that? Sure. Our website, please go there, the unstoppablewoman.com. We have a free stuff page. So if you want to find resources, there's tons there. We have the podcast. I mentioned that earlier. You can just search. We're on all the platforms. And that's the Unstoppable Woman podcast. And then if you really dig this material and you, you're you curious about learning more, I do a three-day event that is virtual. And it's just me teaching. It's not a bunch of different speakers. It's, it's really a teaching event on how to, how to make an income breakthrough. So if you go to the unstoppablewoman.com slash summit, you can read all about that and get your ticket. I love it. May 13th to the 15th. It's virtual. You can do it from the comfort of your own home. That's awesome. What is that summit going to be about? So I help people with the tactical and the the inner game, the outer game, tactical stuff and the inner game stuff. We, we look at money perspectives, money mindset. We look at how to really change your self-image. You've heard me mention a couple of the laws that I use as an intellectual rubric, you know, the law of compensation, law of cause and effect, things like that. I go through the laws and, and how to apply them to your business. And it's really a, a game plan for how to make a, a quantum leap and make that income breakthrough. We do a lot of, it's me teaching, then we do workshopping and breakout sessions. And we, we do that. And we have an amazing, like amazingly, everyone who who shows up, you know, some people buy a ticket and never show up, but those who show up, they stay every day, the whole time. It's, it's really, they're fully engaged because it's, it's a, it's not a dial in and listen. It's a dial in and, and make some changes, act, action kind of summit. Yeah. I love it. Go check it out. It uh, again, go, just go to the website on the unstoppablewoman.com. The tabs are at the top. Very easy. There's the about, there's the programs, there's the free stuff, there's the podcast right on the main, the top of the page is all about the event. So go check it out, Amir. This has been fantastic. It's been a fun conversation. It's been great to get to know you and I hope we can uh, stay in touch. Yeah. Likewise. Thanks for having me, Jeff. This episode is brought to you by Street Text, where you can run Facebook ads that actually work. They're ready to go Facebook ads that include landing pages, text message assistance through AI, drip emails, capture forms, and best practices. Join Street Text at streettext.com. Welcome Agents Podcasts.